Well, hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. How are we feeling on this uh, Valentine's week? Oh, my love tank is full. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. I don't either. That's, yeah, I'm it's okay. I'm going to let that be. Yep, 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 yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so we decided this week... I should point out my love tank is like a half gallon. It's not that big. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make it any better. How does that make it worse? <laughs> okay, good, good, okay. good, good, good. So everyone's got that in their minds. And love it. so do we. Love it, love it, love it. And yeah, this this year, this this week, excuse me, we're uh, we're taking on some Valentine's Day and some love stuff. We are. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a little uh, all across all across the years, mm-hmm. across the universe. Before we do that, I have a special report, though. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Well, this is, yeah, this is shocking this for This feels Aaron like when I. there's breaking news and you're like, what's <laughs> it going to be? An insurrection? I'm so well. sweaty. <laughs> no insurrection. Okay. Just a special report that this past week, uh, Michael turned, uh, he had a birthday, uh-huh. and we, a few of us, went out to a nice dinner mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, fun was had. It was great. When the bill came, um, it was a significant <laughs> bill because it was at Django. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, I'll take care of it. And then all you guys can, you know, Venmo me. Uh-huh. And we're like, great, perfect. But I think it was either like Brett or Travis, because the bill was so big, they were like, oh, you, you okay with that? And Heath says, I've got money to spend in here. <laughs> I got to say it. <laughs> and then after he said it. <laughs> The glee on his face <laughs> was, I don't know if we've ever seen him that happy, Aaron, and yeah. I just felt like I needed to share that because like it was that. pop culture uh-huh. related. Uh-huh. Yes. He also said, I've been waiting my whole life to say that. So it felt like a big oh, moment. That is, no wonder your love tank is full. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a very, very happy man uh-huh. on so Wednesday we all Now we need to get a situation where you can say, big mistake, <laughs> and hold mm-hmm. up something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're getting there. Yeah. You are, That's I mean, fantastic. you're living your life. Mm-hmm. You're a model for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I've said it before, but not really under the right circumstances. It's like, I'm at like Quick Trip and they're like, all right, that'll be 8.32. And I'm like, I've got money to spend in here. And they're like, great. That's not yeah. that much money. <laughs> yeah. This was the $8. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. This was significant. This was so significant. So yeah. it fit. Mm-hmm. It fit well. Yeah. Yep. And he got to feel like a, a big timer. Uh huh. That's amazing. Mm hmm. There, also, therein ends my special report. Wow, that's yeah. in my top five favorite special yeah. reports mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I mean, should we roll right into unmitigated gall then? Yeah, because you know, after that, there's nowhere to go but down. No, because <laughs> that was that was a high. <laughs> we peaked in the first three minutes of the episode, exactly. listeners. So Wait, there you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah, so we should just move into gall. Maybe uh, Heath, I know you're you're riding high off of That's that, right. but but can you come down and give us some unmitigated gall? Yeah. I'm always ready to come down. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> you were on theme this week with the Valentines and the love and the sex and yeah, all the things. He is yeah, yeah. on point. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, it's not really my unmitigated gall. I'm okay. going to share. The unmitigated gall of Kelly Clarkson oh. on behalf of America. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, she has a uh, uh, a song on her new album called I Hate Love, mm. which is a it's a good song. It is a, um, uh, Steve Martin plays the banjo on it. Oh. And it's kind of a, it's a peppy, upbeat song, but it's not, uh, but, you know, the, the lyrical content is very, you know, 
she got a divorce a couple years ago, and uh-huh. it really kind of reflects that. And mm-hmm. oh. uh, <laughs> one of a, one of the lines that sticks in my head is, um, it, it says something about the Notebook. Or refers to the movie The Notebook, and it said, "Love isn't really like The Notebook. It's more like it's complicated." So you can keep gossing, and I'll take Steve Martin. But it like rhymes, and it's all like set to music, and it actually it it it, uh, it works. It really works. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's a good song. And then, you know, I mean, again, if you just, if you hate love, you know, you've got Kelly Clarkson has an entire array of songs you can listen to on this <laughs> fine Valentine's Day about hating love and, uh, you know, getting over assholes and uh-huh, uh, dealing uh-huh. with uh, dickheads and all that stuff. It's important mm-hmm. to note that your your husband is in the Des Moines Gay Men's Chorus, as yes. we've mentioned before. And they are doing an entire Kelly Clarkson themed show. Yes. I can't wait. Coming up. Uh-huh. I'm they're excited. not singing I Hate Love. I saw, I've saw. i read through the list of oh. uh, songs. But, they're uh, they're, but they're it's still doing positive stuff? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. I think I'm mostly curious. I think they're doing Since You've Been Gone, Ooh. which I don't know how to do that in a choral arrangement. Interesting. So, Maybe yeah. they'll have a soloist or yeah. something. Yeah. Mm. Maybe Brett mm. will solo. Yeah. yeah. Here's hoping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Kelly so, yeah. Clarkson, you've, uh-huh. been, you know, you've been notified. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Um, I can go. Yeah, yeah. With some unmitigated unmitigated gall, which is our first male reply to a rejection for Midwest Weird. So (laughs) let me first, for those of you who don't know, explain Midwest Weird. So we at Broads and Books Productions, we are launching this summer an audio literary magazine, which means it's going to be a podcast that features fiction and nonfiction by Midwestern writers. Mm -hmm. And we're specifically looking for weird fiction and nonfiction, whatever that means. That can mean a lot of different things. Going into this, Aaron and I had been made aware that when you have a literary magazine or a press or publisher or something, there is a phenomenon that happens that when you, you know, because obviously everyone's going to get more submissions than they can accept. So you have to send rejections at some point. Sometimes just because you have too many, sometimes because they deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I We've heard this reputation that often men, male writers, oh, no. will... <laughs> Fucking men, when they get a rejection, will sometimes reply with either snark or meanness, even hate, because, you know, that's the way the world works these days. Mm -hmm. It's also important to note that generally writing protocol is when you get rejected, you just take it and you move on. You Mm -hmm. just move the fuck on. You don't reply. You don't do anything that just clutters up inboxes, let alone being a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. However... Mm. That didn't happen to our to our fella no, this week. It sure didn't. So I'd like to read a, a reenactment of the email <laughs> that he sent because we rejected his work. Um, first For good off, reason. The story was shit, uh, but <laughs> we didn't say that. It was just a general reply that we wouldn't be using it, and we always encourage people like, "Listen, this is very subjective. Please keep writing. You know, keep moving. It's kind." Before you read the response, yeah. I do want to say I, I I was putting into the universe that it was shit. Okay. <laughs> I just want to put that out there that I was feeding that energy. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So this fella, um, he wrote back and he said, quote, new fastest rejection record now set. Going to be hard to beat. I'll have to write something really bad or at least worse than this. Couple things. One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The fact that you're keeping track of your rejections tells me that we were on point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Second of all, uh, if you would like it to be faster, we can make that happen. Because I knew within the first sentence. Yeah, and, and we usually <laughs> give some time just to make sure yeah. that we're thinking uh-huh. accurately and right and yeah. nicely and mm-hmm. all the things. 
And you're right, sir. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. How? Yeah. What was the time? If you don't, if you remember. In terms of like how? Yeah, uh, like from when he submitted to it was when you told at him least no, five no days. Dice. Yeah, I think. Oh, probably even. I was week. thinking like ten minutes. Oh my god, no, that's the thing. <laughs> I was no. like, oh, were you guys just monitoring the inbox? They were like, oh, <laughs> no. this is crap. Bye, buddy. To be fair, I do think that we're quicker than a lot of publications. Absolutely, we but are. I mean, because yeah. we're starting out. Yes, we don't get the hundreds of submissions that others right. often do, and yeah, and as I said, we're very nice. And when. Uh, what typically happens, you know, usually, like I said, is you don't reply to no. rejections. And often when you're a woman, you just internalize that shit and feel like terrible right. that you're the awfulest writer. Not this fella. No. <laughs> he couldn't understand how. Certainly. I mean, just, he's been rejected before. Like, yeah. In social settings, <laughs> certainly. Like, this couldn't be the first time he's ever been rejected. And that's what it feels like is that he's been rejected on Tinder a lot. And he always says something like, well, I didn't like you anyway. Yeah. Or something like that. You know? It made me want to respond and be like, well, let's try and beat it. Submit yeah. something else. Yeah. <laughs> Submit it right now. Yeah. And I'll show and you a fast time. the thing is, this was pretty mild. I'm assuming yeah. we're going to get more. And the thing is, when we started this, I predicted that this would happen. You did. And I reached out to our own Heath Smith. And I said <laughs> that when we do start getting this stuff, we would like to give you a special role wherein you <laughs> respond. You read some of these for Midwest Weird and you respond accordingly. And he said, I would love to do this. I would. Yes. I would love to do that. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. great. So that's it's coming. That's something to look forward to, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's some um, gall that uh, was not a surprise. But it was. I was so delighted. I, I have to say, I emailed you right away and said, we've, we've done it. <laughs> we've we done did it. it. We, we done did it. it. We did it. We made it. A man <laughs> hates us. You're going to have to come a lot harder and a lot faster than that, mm-hmm. sir. To yeah, get yeah. me off my game. <laughs> yep. Because yep. we thrive on it. Yeah. Huh? Thrive on your tears. Uh-huh. Yeah. They fail the love tank. <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's why love tank is made of your tears. Sorry. Okay. Well, my unmitigated gall this week is feet. Mm. <laughs> 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 because. He's making weird noises too. Yeah, like <laughs> his love tank is full. <laughs> We're gonna, we are gonna get some new listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm hashtag feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In our SEO, yeah. but fetish. Uh-huh. Um, it's been nice the last couple weeks. Oh here. yeah. And you know, sometimes I have dumb ideas, and I can oh. admit that. And I was like, you know what? I'd like to get outside more and walk. Mm-hmm. And so I tried this. Now, this is taking you deep into my foot journey, but I got some new <laughs> <laughs> I got some new inserts a few okay. months ago because I was having I have what is known as a Morton's neuroma in my foot, mm. which causes Whoa. intense pain if I don't have an insert to spread it out. It, it's That's when fun. It gets compa- yeah, it's super fun. Okay. Super, like, sexy and, oh, like, yeah. it's a good conversation starter. It just starter, means you can just like, go out and, uh-huh. I got know, a Morton's real, neuroma. Yeah. Like, <laughs> real flirty. Yeah, you might have a belly <laughs> yeah. ring. I got a Morton's neuroma. Uh-huh. So, yeah. equal. So I see you in the summer just frolicking in, yeah. The, yeah. in the grass with, with your Morton's neuroma. Just living it up. Yeah. But not without a shoe, because that's how it gets set off. <laughs> Yep, yep. So I got these new inserts, and they have been wonderful. Like I haven't had a flare up in months. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with my things, right? So I was like, this is gonna be great. I can walk again. I can take walks. 
So I put them in shoes that they fit in the best. Because if you don't have inserts, sometimes it raises your foot up and like mm. other tennis shoes don't fit as well. Mm-hmm. So I put them in a pair that I wear frequently <clears throat> and I was like, this is great. So two days in a row, take a walk, fine. Third day, nice out. Mike and I set off and I'm like, oh, I feel something kind of rubbing at the back of my foot. But I don't, th- it wasn't, when I tell you that I wasn't in pain, I was not in pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we get home. And we were trying to squeeze this in before we had to take Mason to swimming. So I walk in our front door, and I'm going to kick off my shoes so I can use the bathroom and basically get in the car to go to swimming. And I look down, and the amount of blood that has pooled (laughs) on the back of my shoe and foot, it looks like I have a severe cut. And in fact, that's what I thought. I was like, how did I get cut? How did I not feel this? I kind of start to panic because I've taken my shoe off and it's actively bleeding. I'm bleeding on our front rug. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm trying to wash my foot in the bathroom before we go because it's covered. The inside of my shoe and the top of my shoe ruined. It's just soaked in. I'm like, I don't understand what happened. So we're on our way to swimming and I'm trying to still like figure this out in the car. And I realize, oh my God, it was like a blister that rubbed and it was bleeding the whole time I was walking, and I didn't notice. Oh. Yeah. Is your foot dead? I think it might be. <laughs> Did That's... your Morton's neuroma just kill it? I think that my whole entire foot is dead, and I don't have <laughs> any nerves in it anymore. I don't. I am so perplexed. Mike was so, when I tell you he was at first concerned, and then I feel like alarm. Because mm-hmm. he just sort of went quiet, like, how did you not feel that? It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. an enormous amount of blood. And I was like, I, I know. And he's like, okay. And Is I this think, a part of Morton's neuroma that you lose feeling in your feet? Not that I know of. Okay. Uh-huh. Hmm. So, needless <laughs> to say, fuck you very much, shoes. <laughs> cool, walk. I was just supposed to be doing something nice. And then the next day I wake up, I can't even, like, get my slipper on without a Band-Aid because it's so inflamed. Oh because God. obviously I clearly, like, went down to the nubbins on the back Whoa. of my foot. <laughs> just sums up every time i try and like be proactive about Why being can't you outside just take a walk for your mental health and yes. then not have your body and not be bleeding you. profusely mm-hmm. to the point that mike's like i don't know if we need to retrace our steps did you bleed all the way <laughs> oh, yeah. and all the there way might back? have been a trail yeah it's like you're just now somebody's gonna think that mike murdered you and yeah that, that was the trail yeah that yeah. was the trail dna everywhere yeah. Wow. So, do you, do you still think the the foot fetish crowd hung in? Oh for, yeah, for, for sure. That? I feel yeah. like we got some new they people. They were into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they really I, like the nubbins. It's part. gonna have to be a very specific <laughs> listener that would like my feet because they are something like owl talons yeah. sort of come to mind. Like, Someone's gonna leave a comment there and be like, "Photo or it didn't happen." So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have photo proof, but Excellent. that's uh, you're gonna have to. I don't want to subscribe on Patreon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is how we start our yeah. Patreon, so we can that's sell Aaron's <laughs> feet yep. pics. Yes. Oh my god, my feet are hideous. Yep. So. Someone's gonna love them. Someone is gonna love them so hard. But also mm-hmm. this week, you and I had this conversation where I was yeah. like, I love. Yeah, I feel so alive. Looks I'm gonna are do great. it every day, and then. And then you actively bled all over mm-hmm. Norwalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll keep posting. I'm going to try again next week. <laughs> yep. We'll see yep. how it goes. I feel like that was very appropriate for Valentine's and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, you know. 
it was it was alarming like you know mike and i've been together for a, well, a while mm-hmm. and so to have him go quiet and know that I think he was really thinking like, wow, she might be a psychopath. Like, she has no feelings. Like yep. I'm married to a sociopath. Like I'm surprised she... he didn't go robot. Like, yeah. Oh my god, all this time Aaron's been a robot. Yeah. Well, he might have in yeah. those dark thoughts. He might have. He was pretty quiet on the yeah. way to swimming. He's like, I got to recalibrate my whole life. Now. Yeah. He's like, this <laughs> yeah. is so alarming. I don't know what to say. Like, well, how did she do that? <laughs> Wow, on that mm-hmm. note, on that bloody, bloody note, mm-hmm. shall we move into our yes. Valentines in love? And I think each of us came at this from a different perspective. Am sure I right? did. Yeah. yeah. So maybe when we each start, we'll have to cut out and give a little context. Because <laughs> yeah, I wrote a little loose. poem for each one, too. Oh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Okay. <laughs> you doing haikus over there? <laughs> Actually, I did limic- limericks at first, and then I pared it down because I was like, "These are too long." <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Lost my way a little this okay. week. Okay. <laughs> Love will do that to you. Love will, will do that to you. Will. Valentine's Day will do that to you. <sighs> Heath, do you want to start us off? Yes, um, please. I will. Uh, when I think of love, I think of a woman named Delilah. <laughs> oh, hey there, Delilah. <laughs> no, Delilah, the radio uh, talk show host uh, who's been on the air for, I, I don't know, 700 her. years, maybe. Oh, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, not only is Delilah her name, Delilah is the name of her show, so she might be a narcissist. <laughs> um, but uh, then so is Sally, Jesse, Raphael, yeah. and Oprah, yeah. and Maury, and all of them. Um, and actually, her birthday is this week. Her oh. birthday is uh, f- uh, February fifteenth, and oh. she'll be sixty-four. Get it? So, yeah, I would have. I would have. As long as she's been on the radio, I would have guessed that she was probably a little bit older than that. But can I admit I've never heard Delilah? <gasps> oh, okay. Okay, so right. I, I'm coming at it cold. So wow. yeah. So introduce her to me. All right. Yeah. Um, the show has been in its current format since 1984, so about wow. 40 years. No um, need to change something that's not broken. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she, she's got a real kind of soothing and, and breathy delivery. And it's, oh. it, her voice reminds me of the actress Wendy McClendon Covey. She was in oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Reno 911 mm-hmm. and Bridesmaids yeah. and yeah. Goldbergs. Yeah. That's and it's, a very good comparison. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like people will call in, you know, with problems and stuff, and she'll kind of. Give them advice, and lots of times she'll just go on for like several minutes of like, "I want you to know you're oh, no. good enough. <laughs> Take a time to just breathe, <laughs> sit back, and relax. You do so much." <laughs> also, can we start Heath in the radio? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to show where Heath just does just that. Does that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like or that. he does like something on the Calm app, you know, yeah. like the yeah. Yeah. stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that. Yeah. yeah. I think for like the Calm app, I think I would like something that is just like, those bitches <laughs> don't know what's going to hit them. Yes. <laughs> Karma is coming. Yeah, I like that a lot. Watch out, ho. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, b- back to Delilah. Yeah, back to my first career, not my second one. Okay. Uh, the show airs from seven midnight uh, every every evening, um, and it's on the radio. I don't know what station it's on. It's on all over the country, all over okay. North America. Um, during that time, Delilah will take um, she'll read letters and emails from listeners. But the foundation of the show is really kind of the callers. People will call in um, and then tell Delilah their problem, uh, which is not. 
exclusively, but is often man troubles. It's usually a woman calling in with uh, with some uh, man or family troubles, you know. Um, she's always very supportive and telling the caller some variation of you are enough, you know, that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, and she always dedicates then a song to them, like something, you know, from, you know, like AM Gold area or like you know, uh-huh, Celine Dion uh-huh. stuff, you know, some sort of that. That's kind of uh, that's kind of her wheelhouse. And sometimes people just request that Delilah play a certain song, you know, and I feel like there's simpler ways to, like, hear that song than yep. to call Delilah uh-huh. and ask her to uh-huh. play it on the radio. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, everyone does things their own way. Like, I can't tell you how to listen to music. I, I can, but you don't have to listen to me. <laughs> um, and some of Delilah's fans have listening parties, apparently, and they call themselves the Friday Night Girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's unoriginal, right. first off. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You can do better than that, yeah. Friday Night Girls. Yeah. Um, and she often mentions these groups and even gives them prizes, uh, which sounds like a bribe to me. That sounds like a bribe to me. Like, this sounds like payola, like from back yes, in the old days yes. of the radio when, yeah, when uh, uh, record labels would pay radio stations to play certain songs. But also, should we get in on that? Should we become yeah. a listening party yeah. and see what free stuff we can get? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Or, oh, listeners, if you want us to talk about things, just send us a check. Oh, my the God. Topic. Yes. Done. We can do yeah. like Done. Delilah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be clear, your check does not preclude what our opinion is going to be. Sure. But sure, we sure, will sure. talk about right. whatever thing you want us to yeah. talk about. Yeah. yeah. No publicity yeah. is bad publicity. Yeah. Just make it out to cash. <laughs> yeah. Send it our way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, sometimes she actually just, she speaks to them on air. She'll, like, call them up and, like, you know, they'll interact on air. Which I feel like it. Like, really go bad really, really easily. Like, yeah. it just seems like it would be, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if these girls, like, these ladies, like, fangirl out over Delilah or or how they how they respond to this. But it seems it seems the opposite of, like, the soothing vibe she's trying to put out. Someone uh-huh. being like, oh, my uh-huh. God, I love you, Delilah. Yeah. 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 So another regular seg- segment that she has is called the Delilah Dilemma. <laughs> oh, alliteration. Look yes. at you, Delilah. Where she often, she helps a listener solve, again, often man-related problems. Okay. Um, uh, again, the show's most popular with the ladies uh, between the ages of 25 and 54. Um, and, like, as many as eight, 8 million people listen to it at least once a week. Like, it's a, it's a thing. It is a big thing. How have I not? Okay. Um, she's also got a big following among uh, Christian radio listeners. Really? Oh, uh, that's why. That's why. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a bit of foreshadowing for this next piece of information oh, I no. have about Delilah. Oh, she, she's been married four times and divorced oh. three. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, there it is. I thought you were going to uh-huh. say she went down the QAnon rabbit hole no. or something. Okay. Nope. God just was just like, nope, it's time to move on from yep. this one. <laughs> time to move on. She does have 15 kids, though. What? Uh, yeah, 11 of them are adopted, but still, that's a lot of kids. That's like Gem and the Holograms level. That's uh-huh. too many kids. in a foster care program. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she's got that radio money. Good she's lord. She's got to pay well, for them kids. Wow. And I remember Delilah a lot when I was a, uh, I listened to it a lot when I was a kid because my mom would have it on in the car, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem to help her much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it always made me feel relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> so it serves some good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she seems like the kind of person that would help like a lo- a kid, like a lost kid, find their parents. You know, <laughs> but but she's also or escape their parents. It's also got a very the uh, subtext is very like look at all the good I do. Like that's kind oh, of uh, like yeah, yes. like she, she knows. She feels strongly that she's bringing uh, light and love to the world. 
<laughs> do you like? Do you know what she looks like? Because I'm getting a, a an a vibe, an image in my head, but I don't know if that's accurate. I don't. I feel like she looks like Linda Evans in big sunglasses. Yeah, like, uh-huh, that's, that's uh-huh. the way I like. Yeah. She never takes the sunglasses off. Yeah, I'm feeling like. Um, what was the name of the Misfits lead singer? Oh, that's, Phyllis Gabor. I feel like it's ass. a Phyllis Gabor type <laughs> looking person. Oh, okay. I was not expecting that. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. she she's well coiffed. Yeah. She's put together. She looks like, you know, she might fall down the QAnon rabbit hole. But she other does. than that, She looks like yeah. that could be the poster child. Yeah. yeah. That age bracket, that's, yeah. Or the next HBO documentary about a cult leader. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. well, good stuff. God, that was a throwback yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about her in a long time. You know, and Somehow she, I missed that whole yeah. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. When you think of love, think of Delilah. Um, or not. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it depends kinda, on how you feel about love. Like how do you feel yeah. about love? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall I go next? Sure. Please right. do. Um, well, my approach to this bonus episode was very haphazard. Um, I've got a little bit of uh, marketing. Ooh. I've got a little bit of couples. I've got a movie that I really love. See? Great. I'm going to start with commercials. I love oh. it. Okay. Huh. Because one thing I fucking hate. Oh. Every Valentine's Day, but also every Christmas, every real holiday, is like all the diamond and jewelry commercials. <laughs> all of them saying, basically, buy some shiny things and your girl will just do whatever you want her to do. Fill your love tank. <laughs> Fill that love tank mm-hmm. with a shiny diamond. Uh-huh. But then, beyond that, the idea of like weird marketing expanded beyond this when I started doing a little research. Mm. I have some visual aids for everybody. Ooh, I love a visual aid. And I would like you to go through these examples, pick out one that really speaks to you, and maybe describe it on air, and we can talk about it. Oh. Because there's some, there's some doozies in here that don't make a lot of sense and that are, in <gasps> some cases, sexist and weird. In some <laughs> cases, very much... <laughs> what the hell are they doing? Oh, yeah. oh gosh. Uh-huh. Are one is even rapey. Oh, no, that one. This one. I got there's, a, there's a rapey context. Tie the knot with the $10 oh. dinner box. Oh. <laughs> then the, it's just. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No ring, give her wings. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. uh-huh. I want to discuss, first of all, the <laughs> Summer's yeah. Eve. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't forget your V. <laughs> your V this Valentine's Day. So basically, douche the hell out of yourself. Before you it, take before that strange you, D that's in right. your V. <laughs> Shoot some chemicals up into your vag for Valentine's Day, and then you might get some love. Then let him out when he gives you a ring. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. for a. Is this a jewelry company? I guess yeah. so. And then there's two pictures, and in the first one, she, the lady has her legs crossed, and then the, he takes out a, a a ring, a box, mm-hmm. opens it for, her, and then she uncrosses her legs. Uh huh. So that's she, see. This is this has always been the subtext to me of all the diamond and jewelry commercials. Yeah. This is just made it text. Right. It's just fully like it's just out there. I feel like they did the lady that did this ad wrong because. The second picture of her with her legs open, I mean, 
It's the most unflattering thing. It's very yeah. unflattering. It looks like hot dogs yeah. outside of it. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't see your feet anymore. You can't no, see your feet. It's yeah. So it's just two yeah. disembodied hot dogs that are supposed to look like legs. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like maybe... Or breadsticks sticking yeah. out of the Olive sticks. Garden napkins. Yes. Right. This is another time to remind you listeners that we always include visual aids for yeah. our episodes on Instagram and we will include sure all of this because sure. you'll yeah. need to really see the visuals to understand what we're you saying. You do. But we're trying to describe them here in the moment yes, to you yes i mean i don't know i like maybe she's an amputee like they get, <laughs> they get rings too right they do but what, maybe you mean, like in between getting the ring and the second one her feet like, got cut off maybe maybe okay. she went for a walk with an insole oh, on her feet oh, just oh, the fuck shit. Off. <laughs> oh this is your future <laughs> I will forget about my lost feet if I have a ring. Um, I don't know how to make heads or tails of the swatch. Right? I don't understand. From the bottom of my heart. By the way, there were a lot of ads that discovered, oh my God, an upside down heart looks like a butt. And so it was just a (laughs) lot of like butt imagery. Yeah. But this one, it makes no sense because it's butt cheeks. And then it says from the bottom of my heart. And then it's just a watch. So you're supposed to buy this watch and then that's from my butt i don't i don't know (laughs) like are they promoting anal for valentine's day i don't understand if you give me a swatch i have to do anal yeah that's what it means that's what it means god damn it (laughs) i know lots of people that don't even need the swatch (laughs) exactly Like that you are spending too much money, they will do it <laughs> yeah. at the drop of a hat uh-huh. or for soup packets. This one, I feel yeah. like we should address. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is, is for Hooters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This Valentine's Day, no ring? Give her wings. Uh-huh. Buy 10, get 10. February 14th, wings are free. <laughs> because I will put a lot of money on the fact that if you go into Hooters on Valentine's Day, it's full of couples. Oh, God, yeah. so many couples. Also, I like the look on this because there's a Hooters waitress in the ad. She's holding a platter of wings. And the look on her face says, you are a fucking idiot if you think this is going to work. Yeah. Oh, really? That's what you think? They're looking at? I thought the look on her face was more like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Where am I? What's that? <laughs> These used to be chickens. You said I was going to be an influencer, right? If I do this? Yeah, you're right. That's a good one. Yeah, that's rough. I think maybe my favorite was the Pizza Hut one, where it says, tie the knot with the $10 dinner box. So you're <gasps> suggesting that your <laughs> proposal take place over a $10 dinner box that includes a red ruby ring limo. Wait, what? Limo service? The entire package costs $10,010. Yeah. You get a Pizza Hut dinner box, and then you also, Pizza Hut's going to do your proposal. Oh, you get a red, I didn't red read ruby that ring, far. Limo service, okay. flowers, fireworks, show photographer, videographer. There's only 10 packages available, but they're going to make it happen for you. Okay, well, you're spending all that money, and then you give me a $10 dinner box. Huh. If somebody spent ten thousand dollars to propose to me, I'd be livid. Yeah, I would be like, "What a waste of money!" Like, just buy a nice ring, you know, spend some money on that. But yeah, like, let's do something else. Or spend it if you're going to get a wedding, spend it on the wedding. Don't spend it on the proposal and put Pizza Hut in charge of it. Yeah, that's no good. Thank you for making me feel special. (laughs) You brought in Pizza Hut. (laughs) The arbiters of love. 
I will say it's probably not the it's definitely not the worst thing that could happen to you. But I think getting proposed to at Applebee's has always been like a, a nightmare for me. Like, have you I, seen it happen? I've never seen it happen. Okay. I've heard of it happening oh, before, no. but I just can't imagine like just sit there like I mean at Applebee's and just someone like getting down on one knee. And I'd just be like, oh god, no. God, please no. <laughs> that would denote to me like, oh, you got pregnant accidentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the, the 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 best I could think of. I had a coupon. <laughs> I had a coupon. I had a coupon. It's a Tuesday night. We're getting a special two for one deal. Time <laughs> two to for twenty. <laughs> Time for propose. Yeah. Right. So, any yeah. any favorites that jumped out there? I, that, they're all they're real all really classic. good. Yeah, I kind of want to keep good. them. Mm-hmm. There were uh, there were plenty more listeners, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, invite you to 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 find your own because yeah. If there's one thing that says love, it's uh, marketers that don't know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole holiday is made up of, right? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. random things that we're supposed in, to believe. In fairness to marketers who don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. as, a, as someone who works in at an ad agency, <laughs> <laughs> people might actually respond to this stuff. Like the general public true. may very well It's yeah. very true. That it. is yeah. true. It yeah. does get published for a reason. Yeah. And that's depressing. Uh-huh. It is yeah. depressing, yeah. But it's fun for us. It's fun for us. Yeah, we'll take it. Good times. We'll take it. All right, what do you got, Erin? Well, I went kind of a different direction. Okay. Um, And I just went through different things that happened in February in the 80s and 90s that I felt like could relate. Okay. Um, And then I went ahead and said, if this event got a Valentine, what the Valentine would be. And I wrote a little love poem. Oh, my God. Okay. So this one (laughs) happened in February of 1982, and I'm calling it For the Love of All That Is Holy. Okay. Okay. This person, if they got a Valentine, it would be a signed autograph of Joel Osteen Ooh. that reads, You walked so I could run. Oh, is oh it the, God. Is it the Pope? <laughs> it's close. It's is it close. Reagan? No. Oh. Uh, I'll wait and read the poem after I tell you. Okay. Then. Okay. Yeah. So the, in 1982 in February, the Supreme Court overturned a settlement to Jerry Falwell. He was awarded $150,000 when he sued Larry Flint and Hustler Magazine for running a parody ad. In the ad that looked like a similar ad for the same alcohol at the time, Falwell discusses his first time with his mom in an outhouse. Oh, Now, keep in mind that this is an ad, and the ad reads in small print at the bottom that it was a parody, and it also said that in the table of contents. But he was able to sue Larry Flint and Hustler, and he got a $150,000 settlement. I went ahead and brought the ad because, Oh, please. You know, yes. That's what we um, Because he said that people couldn't tell that it was fake, that they thought that he really had sex with his it's mom. It's down there at the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You'll never forget your first time. And so in this landmark Supreme Court ruling, basically they sided with uh, Larry Flint and Hustler and said – that the First Amendment was protected in this case, even if it mocks a public official, because that's part of free speech. Uh-huh. That's part of being able to be critical. And they said that Hustler did its job. It said it was a parody in two different places. Uh-huh. And so they reversed the previous court and didn't give him the money. Can you imagine so, the Supreme Court doing that today? No. 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 I also think it's a stretch to call <clears throat> Jerry Falwell a public official. Public, I'll give you public. Yes. An official? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what He's I think, He's a public too. figure, and yeah. so it's sort of open. Yeah, and he, I, when he won this originally, he was really, you know, touting it everywhere. Like, he brought them down, and then this was pretty landmark that the Supreme Court basically said, no, they can mock 
you know, you can mock public <laughs> officials as part of being critical. Um, the ad itself is is phenomenal. This is intense. <laughs> I mean, there it's it's a fake interview where the interviewer is asking him about his first time, but supposedly it's supposed to be this first time drinking this alcohol, but it reads like it's the first time his first time having mm-hmm, sex. Mm-hmm. There's a quote in here that says. We were drunk off our God-fearing asses on Campari ginger ale and soda. That's called a fire and brimstone. And mom looked better than a Baptist whore with a $100 donation. So. Wow. My The other reason I brought this is because my love of fake marketing meetings. I love I know, the idea. I, know. I love, I love it so the much. idea that they were sitting around and this is what they came up with. And honestly, the, the interview itself or the ad itself isn't that great. Like it feels like their first try. Like mm-hmm. they were sitting around having their $10 pizza box and they were just all laughing, <laughs> writing this down. And then they were like, done, we're going to do it. And then it became this huge landmark Supreme Court case. So. I just oh decided, you know, for Valentine's Day, we all need a little comeuppance. And, and really, any time we take a hit at Jerry Falwell is a good yes. time. Yeah. That's a yeah. good time. That's what I say. So for his Valentine poem, I said, roses oh. are red, oh. <laughs> violets are blue. Here's some money. JK, it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. So we've now got fake marketing meetings basically uh-huh. in every episode which i love so uh-huh. much now we need poems for yeah. like all the weirdos and the weird <laughs> shit because you're just bringing it every time i want to know did campari that's the name of the alcohol that's in yeah. here like, did what did they were they okay with this did oh, they have question. an issue with it i think that they i thought that i had read that they were that they like signed off on it uh-huh. yeah but i don't think that they were like they the got focus that it was a joke a, yeah 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 kind of like i'm assuming this is a which is odd because this was the 80s but a little bit like snl you know where they yeah. can do like a parody of a mm-hmm. like the company wants to sponsor have an ad and then they get to do a parody of the ad but mm-hmm. yeah i just you know congratulations hustler for doing one thing right yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone needs a win, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's not often we side with Hustler, but... No, it's definitely yeah. not. And I don't want to stand up and, you know, champion Larry Flint by any means, but I just I just As love a winner. This. Yeah. You know, February 1982, he was not having a good Valentine's Day. Well... He was like, people think I had sex with my mom in an outhouse. And I was like, I think that you, what you are really upset about is not the ad. You need to do image work if people yeah. would get there. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is all the people that know him and care about him, like, they wouldn't have even heard about this mm-hmm. yeah. had he not made it into a big deal. Yes, like, they were probably not point. reading Hustler. And if they were, they probably w- wouldn't, wouldn't admit it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't say it. So yeah. he did himself a disservice, yeah, actually. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. That's typical, not to think too far ahead. I also just liked that we talked about it before with his infamous take on the Teletubbies. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what you got next for us, Heath? Um, have you ever heard of the Care Bears? Indeed I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed I have. I run their fan club. <laughs> well, in the spirit of love, I'm going to bring to you the story of the Care Bears. Oh, <laughs> Thrust themselves onto oh. an unsuspecting public in 1981 on American greetings greeting cards. Really? Oh, really? That's where yeah. they started. They started on they were wow. on, what? yeah as greeting cards. Uh, the they're they're what I would call a group of deadbeats who live together in the <laughs> kingdom of caring, which is made up of Carolot and the Forest of Feelings. Which sounds like God. a horrific place. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The forest of feelings? Yeah. Fuck you. I don't want to go yeah. anywhere in there. <laughs> you no. said, hey, we're going to go camping in the forest of feelings. No, we're not. Uh-uh. No, Bye. we're not. I got a forest of feelings in here I can't get through. 
And the thing is, I don't think any of them have jobs. Like, I don't know who's paying for the, who's paying the light bill over it. <laughs> <laughs> care a lot in the forest of feelings. Yeah. 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 It's a cult. Uh-huh. Uh, the ten, the ten original bears are bedtime bear, mm. birthday bear, okay, cheer bear. That's who I had. Friend I I bear, funshine bear, good luck bear, grumpy bear, love a lot bear, tender heart bear, and wish bear. <laughs> it's really fucked up that they had a grumpy bear. Uh huh. Because what happens as a kid when you get grumpy bear, and all the rest oh. of them are happy. <laughs> Here, kid, this is what we think you are. And then you're, you're scarred for life. Freaking Eeyore. Here's yeah. your grumpy bear. Mm-hmm. He does well. You had a Care Bear. I think. I think I maybe had Cheer Bear. That's yeah. what I had mm-hmm. with the rainbow on the tummy. Maybe. I had, it's funny, uh, I had Grumpy Bear. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry! No, it tracks. It tracks. <laughs> Did you pick it? Um, no, it was a gift. I think of my, course my grandma gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Heath a different Care Bear. <laughs> Do you remember your reaction when you got it? I was like, this is great. I love blue. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. Okay. That's good. I feel better about that. Oh, yeah. God. No, but yeah, I mean, she knew. She gets it. Yeah, she got it. She tracked you early. Gosh. Yeah, so each bear has a symbol on their stomach that matches their name. Um, and most of the things on the stomach, I mean, most of the symbols are some variation of like a heart or a rainbow or a star. Again, there was kind of a lot of overlap. And their secret weapon is the Care Bear Stare, which is executed <laughs> when a group of bears stand together and radiate light from their stomach, and they stare at you because they're rude. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, this is a quote: "The light combines into one ray of one ray of love and good cheer, which can bring care and joy into the target's heart, break dark spells, or revive something that has been broken, wilted, or messed up." <laughs> This feels like assault, first off. Uh-huh. So if I stare deep in your soul, I can fix your trauma. I can fix cult. you. Cult. It is a cult. cult. It's totally yes. a cult. cult. Yes. Just the idea that if you concentrate enough, light will come out of you. We're going to raise our vibrational frequency, <laughs> and we're going to heal your uh-huh. trauma. Yeah. this is. I mean, it's real It's real adjacent to the secret, you know, where it's just yes. like, yeah, yeah. just say everything's fine and it'll be fine. It's yeah. got a real George yeah. W. Bush mission accomplished. Oh, it sure does. Uh, it does. It does. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. You're right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I don't know, like, uh, like we're, uh, this sounds like bullshit to me, but this is probably, <laughs> who am I to question this group that's probably considered a religion by the government and doesn't pay taxes? <laughs> oh my God, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. I have a follow-up question about Grumpy Bear. Mm-hmm. What does Grumpy Bear do during the Care Bear stare? I think he also stares, but I don't know. I feel like like he's obviously not sending out the grumpiness. Right, right. right. Like, I don't know. So he has rainbows in him. He just... Right. Or he's just the one in the group that's like, all right, let's right. do it. And then it, no yeah. light comes out of him. Right. Like he's lightless. I feel like they probably just gaslight him and be like you're not really that grumpy you're happy just oh, be happy oh <laughs> that's it that's it like it's just a phase snap right? out of it oh, no. feel better oh, it was a master class in feelings uh-huh. yeah oh, oh poor grumpy bear no my heart breaks for grumpy bear mm. and for heath mm. and Little for heath, heath. <laughs> yeah i just went in mercilessly on grumpy bear and then he's like that's the one i had uh, okay ouch my bad <laughs> But it tracks with everything we know about it him does. and his family. It really it does. Does. It does. Yeah. It does. So yeah, they were they were a great big hit with the greeting card crowd. And two years later, they starred in their own animated TV special mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. "The Land Without Feelings." <laughs> that AKA, was the name of it. Yeah, also known as "My Heart." 
<laughs> I would much rather be in the land without feelings than the forest of uh-huh. feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I definitely mm-hmm. had a phone. That like Whoa. you picked up and you pushed like a button and I think there was like some kind of recording of a Care Bear or something. Like, and was it like a daily affirmation thing? It was like a, like it was, you know, set. They only each one, but I, I want to say it was like you were calling the Care Bear hotline uh-huh. and they were like, help is on the way, Care Bear. You and know, then help never showed up. Yeah, and then you're just like, I, okay. <laughs> and then they were like, just pay us $5,000 and you can be part of the, the, the movement. Bear, yeah. And, <laughs> Give up all your earthly possessions. And yeah. Wear this brown smock. And move. Yeah. <laughs> move to the forest of Seattle. Yeah. Move to Tulsa. Yeah. Tulsa. Yeah. Yep. So listen, so here's the plot of The Land Without Feelings. Okay. A little boy named Kevin is upset because he has to move away from his friend Donna. Mm-hmm. He starts pouting and states that he does not care and then runs away from home and finds himself in The Land Without Feelings. This place is run by Professor Coldheart, who loves winter but hates people. <laughs> what? <laughs> He poisons Kevin and turns him into a goblin and also his slave. What? Oh my god, this took a turn. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Donna rounds up the Care Bears from what I assume they call the Care Bear Lair, but they, that's a, well, what I would call it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah I like Lair. it. Yeah. And they go, uh, they go save Kevin the goblin. When they find Kevin, they also find a bunch of other goblins that used to be kids. So uh, Professor Coldheart is like, I don't know. A, Serial child kidnapper, I guess. Yeah, he's running a, a traffic ring. Yeah. Uh, so the Care Bears defeat Professor Coldheart, but it's not really clear how. Like, I haven't watched it lately, but I was reading up on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he might have just gotten <laughs> sick of their bullshit and turned himself in, because that's what I would do. I'd be like, fine, <laughs> leave me the fuck alone, just, Care Bears. Uh, or they yeah. raided his pizza joint and found all those uh, kids in the basement. They sure did. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then YouTube videos exploded everywhere. <laughs> So, uh, so then the Care Bears employ the Care Bear Stare and change all the goblins back into kids. So, uh, in the end, Donna moves away anyhow, which is probably the best because Kevin kind of would always be a goblin to her, and I don't think she needs to be weighed down by that trauma. I bet Donna saw this whole situation. She's like, "Dude, I didn't even yeah. like you that much. Yeah, we're like, not what that are close. you? Yeah, yeah. what? What is this? Into a goblin. Yeah, God. This is like, yeah, when the relationship's clearly coming to an end, and uh-huh. someone like, you know, it's just like, fine, I will go to Christmas with you and your family just yes. to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> I will do one last thing, and then we will go and on a separate way. So the Care Bears Sorry. first came out <laughs> in 1981, and then they, the line was relaunched five times in 1991, Oh my God. I don't know if that means that people love them or they don't give a shit. Because yeah. if they loved them, it seems like it would keep going. But yeah. but they keep bringing them back. And I just... I, it's like they keep waiting for like, okay, there's going to be a nostalgia wave. There's going to be a craze coming soon. We just got to time it right, right. And they've never timed it right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the Care Bears. And we've established Ooh. that I had I had Grumpy Bear. And yeah. you guys had Nice Bears. And... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What I think is interesting, though, about the Care Bears, too, is that it was kind of, it was the, not very many things in the 80s, not very many toy lines or whatever were for boys and girls. Yeah. And this true. was sort yeah. of for, yeah. like, whoever. Yeah. You know, obviously, oh. it was probably against some sort of local ordinance to buy the boy a pink one. Absolutely. <laughs> you had to get, like, you know, a green one or a, a blue one. But Yes. Uh-huh. How dare you get them a pink one? Maybe that's why you got grumpy because it was blue and Maybe. grandma was just like, okay, at least it's a boy color. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who it is. Because mm-hmm. my brother got, I think he got the green one, which is like good luck bear or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, from Care Bears to Everlasting Love. Oh. 
<laughs> or at least so far. Now, I um, I chose some celebrity couples that mm. got together in the 80s or 90s and are still together. What? Defying the odds, baby. Just for a, a little bit of, um, I don't know, hope? That feels weird to say that, but something. <laughs> um, so here's a few. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. They got together early 80s. Uh-huh. Keir Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon. Yep. Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, yeah. Early 80s. Um, David and Victoria Beckham. Mm. Since the they... 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Angela Bassett and Courtney B. Vance have been oh. together since the early 80s. What? Like 40-some years. That's wild. Jamie Lee Curtis and Christopher Guest. Uh-huh. Oprah and Stedman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren Beatty and Annette Benning oh. got together in the 90s. That one's especially notable, too, because yes. before that, Warren Beatty was just was spreading it all over town. Yes. He was a slutty, <laughs> slutty, slutty man. Bear. Yeah, he was a slutty bear. <laughs> uh, Mary Steenburgen and Ted Danson. Oh, They've yeah. been together a long time. And here's one that uh, may or may not last. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith have been together since the 90s. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a, a few more, but uh, one, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas. Ooh. Yeah, who who thought that would last? Seriously, not me. Not and me Michael either. Douglas was, you know, significantly older than her, mm-hmm. and that was probably hot at the time. And now she's just with a grandpa, so yeah. I don't know how that's working. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're still they're still together. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Carell and Nancy Walls. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nancy yeah. Walls was a comedian. Uh, she was on the early Daily Show. In the yeah, late she 90s. Was. Yeah. She was on Saturday Night Live something, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've been together really since like mid 90s. Um, and uh, finally, Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos. Uh, mm. Yep. Who are now, apparently, I didn't realize this until I went to the doctor this week, uh, hosting the Kelly show together. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it seems like most of it is just them, like, sort of <laughs> witty repartee and flirting and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's very weird. I have had one occasion to watch it as well at a doctor's waiting uh-huh, room, and uh-huh. I was like, that is, this is odd. Also, daytime TV is odd. <laughs> Morning TV. Uh-huh. I was sitting in that waiting room like, huh, so this stuff still exists. Like, the price is right. Uh-huh. It came on after Kelly and Mark, and I was waiting for, like, to get called for my blood test, and I was like, I need to go in immediately, because this is grating every <laughs> nerve of mine, just seeing, and also just seeing that people are still really into it, and they're going to tapings, and they're like, yeah! <laughs> it's like you're screaming. Oh, it was a total nightmare. Thankfully, they called me in and took a lot of blood, and that was way better. That was than, better than yeah. the price is right. Okay. Yes. I used to want to be on the price. Did you really? I did. I did. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. But now, like, as an adult, like, what you described is that you have to act all totally enthused in the audience. Like, I couldn't do that. Okay. But what game would you want to play? Um, I wouldn't want to play one of the ones where it's just totally by chance. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd want to, um, not and, like the Plinko thing, right? That, yeah, yeah, where it's uh-huh. just you're, you could just totally screw it up. I kind of want to do like the yodeling one. That was that was always kind of fun. I like, yeah. yeah. What's the yodeling one? Like you have to say the price. There's this little guy that moves up the side of the thing oh, and he yodels, yeah. and if he falls off the mountain, right. then you okay. Yeah. Like if you're too far off, like mm-hmm. it'll he goes further. So yeah, if he falls off the mountain, then you. One thought I had win. too is like, wow, we are such a capitalist country that this is the uh-huh. this is the height of entertainment, yeah. guessing prices of things. I always loved though uh, with the showcase showdown at the end where they'd have one that was like, you know, there's a car and you get a trip to Europe and you get a new snowmobile and you get a 48 inch TV and the other one's just like, you get this 
folding table and chairs. <laughs> and a stove! Because yeah. I bet you don't have one of those. Good luck getting it home. Yeah. And a hand mixer. Yeah. yeah. It was always something really... This showcase can be yours uh-huh. if the price is right. <laughs> it's like, oh, $19? Yeah. What is it? Is that a Costco set? 21 Also, I was intrigued to see... I mean, obviously Drew Carey replaced Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a lot of like just skinny, uh, uh, tightly clad women that are doing the thing. I was like, For wow, we're still doing that. Okay. They also have a male model, at least one, oh. that does it. Because I follow him on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. That's All right. Amazing. So we're okay then. Yeah. yeah. As long as we, yeah. But they serve yeah. no purpose. Like no. that right. stuff turns around and they're just like, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, there's no, you know, like they're not actually doing anything. Not like my pressure of Anna White, who's actually turning letters. Yeah. She's doing the work. <laughs> She's doing, She's the, doing work. the work. Don't even start with me. Yeah. All right. You got something for us? <sighs> I do. Let me see. Where do I want to go with this? <laughs> you got ah. so much poetry to read yeah. to us. February 1999. Oh. I'm calling for the love of dry cleaning. Oh. If someone got this Valentine, it would be dry cleaning coupons. Because Bill Clinton was acquitted on impeachment charges, perjury, and obstruction of justice in February of 1999. Oh, happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day. You may remember that he was acquitted after being impeached because of his relationship with an intern by the name of Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this was all based on the Ken Starr report. He was the investigator that put together the whole thing, and there's all kinds of you know conspiracies and different things that happened with that report. I, as a personal attachment, remember I was working at B. Dalton, which was a subsidiary of Barnes & Noble, uh, at the time when the Ken Starr report was re- published, oh, yeah. and it was published as a book that you could buy. Uh-huh. And I looked on Amazon, and it is still, you can still buy it. Like, it's still in print. That's how wow. I think it gets. Oh, wasn't it frequently. really big? It was too? really big. Yeah. And I remember when we got the shipment in, like, it was a directive. We had to make an end cap. It was a big deal. And people really were like coming in and saying, Can I buy this report? And I think it's because you have, you know, like this investigative thing, but it's also sex, right? It's also, yeah. we yeah. knew she kept the dress. We knew all these things. And people wanted the details. It had gotten so sensationalized because of Linda Tripp and, you know, all of the things that happened that it became a really. Who gets big the deal. money from that book? Like, where does the. Where does the. I mean, obviously the publisher gets some. Yeah. I don't know. But who, like, who's the author? It it just says, when I looked it up on Amazon Now, it just says Ken Starr and, like, the other investigators are the authors of it. So he's making royalties up. I'm going to guess, yeah, Hmm. that it was Also, I'm curious, like, if people are going in for, like, sex and, like, true crime and whatever, I bet that report was dry as hell. Like, I bet it was not written like a, you know, yeah, yeah. expose. And I think that and it like... was, I think that, you <laughs> so know. people are like, what is this shit? Yeah. Like the readers, it was dry as hell. Yeah. <laughs> not a wet spot to be seen. Not a one. Not a one. Well, and I think that that was, regardless of how you feel about the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton thing, wherever you fall on that, I think that it was a very, it was one of the first times that something that was published as a book that you could buy. And I think it was a concerted effort from the right wing to say like, oh, look at this. Don't you want Mm -hmm. to find out all this information? I mean, because nothing like that's really ever happened again. No one has that level of interest. Because I remember working and thinking, is people really going to come in and buy this book? Like we're taking all this time to set it up and then I was like, oh, okay, I guess so. Like, wow. 
And I wonder if all the money is funding like all the super PACs now. Yeah, know, probably. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. And I think it can be said that, you know, this was a little bit before the 24-hour news cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. we yeah, were headed in the dra- direction, but it wasn't yeah. like it is now. And so I think that there was more of a call to like, I want to get that yeah. information. You know, you didn't have talking heads 24 hours a day telling you everything in the report. So it was a lot more interesting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... He also famously had 18 boxes of evidence and notes that he used that he dropped off for the impeachment Ken Starr did, Um, which is why my poem reads, (laughs) roses are red, violets are blue. Here's a box of indiscretions Ken Starr dropped off for you. (laughs) I don't want that box. (laughs) No, No, no one wants that box. To get uh, more poetry from Aaron on a regular basis, <laughs> I need to figure out a way for you to do this because this is pretty great. Well, <laughs> as a side note, I mentioned this before we started recording that I wrote them as limericks at first because my grandpa, when he was alive, used to write me limericks all the time, and then I would write limericks back about just oh different gosh. topics. Yeah, and so that was like what I started doing at first, and then I realized—I mean, that's a lot of limericks are longer but they're longer and they're usually dirty so that's interesting yeah, yeah. I mean, he was always they were just funny he never okay. really made them dirty but i hope not yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting all right you want to start our last round yeah i'll take, take us, us home take us home you may both recall a celebrity superstar couple from the 1990s named Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Oh, my Woo! God. They were married on Christmas Eve in 1990. And while I, I can tell by your reaction, you probably feel the same way I do. I knew I know that they were married. I know this to be a true fact, but uh-huh. it seems so... so yeah. It just feels like an urban legend to me. Yes. It seems They seem like they are on different planets. Like, the idea that these two were together for 10 years seems so strange to me. And it's like me. no one talks about it anymore. Like, it's... Right. It, and Scientology yeah. probably has something to do with that. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, just their current public personas. Like, I just feel like, you know, she has, her star has kind of risen because she's so talented and she seems smart and she seems funny and she seems kind. And he just seems like a super controlling dick. Yes. Like, who's (laughs) intentionally releases audio tracks of him yelling at somebody about not wearing a mask. And it's like, clearly, dude, (laughs) you did this on purpose. Like, everyone knows you don't let people have phones on the set. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. So, anyway. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Let's break it down. Oh, let's Ooh. do. So they got married the year after he got divorced from Mimi Rogers, which is again. Yes. I forgot that. Yeah. That it, was uh, all the 80s. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? That's a pairing that I had forgotten about. Oh, my. Uh, they met on the set of the 1990 film Days of Thunder. Oh. Where he played. Classic cinema, everyone. <laughs> he played race car driver Cole Trickle, and she played Dr. Claire Lewicki. A neurosurgeon that Cole Trickle meets when he's recovering in the hospital after an accident. Mm -hmm. They start a relationship, which to me feels like a clear violation of the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But love is love. Mm. All that shit. Uh, But my favorite part of that movie, and I think of this more often than is probably healthy, is when they're they're in the car... He's driving, and they're having an argument or a disagreement or something, and he's, like, going really, really fast, and she just stop, starts yelling, Stop the car, Cole! Stop the car! Stop the car, Cole! Stop the car! <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if you say it enough, it's almost calming, right? It's like a chant. Oh, yeah! It's, <laughs> it's like, like a mantra. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but when they got married, she was only 23, and he was 28. Wow, they were wow, still they were so, so young. Yes. Young. Yeah. And besides uh, Days of Thunder, 
they starred in two other movies together. Oh, Far sure and Away mm-hmm. came out in 1992 and Eyes Wide Shut in oh, 1999. Yes, it did. I forgot about Eyes Wide Shut. Wow. And I know Far and Away isn't a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that a number of times. But yeah, Tom Cruise's attempt at an Irish accent is the Real shit bad. nightmares are made of. Real bad. <laughs> I'd rather listen to bagpipes for 24 hours a day than listen to him trying to speak with an Irish accent. And the thing is, is I mean, I get, like, I don't know why someone, when they're making the movie, didn't just say, just forget it. Like, people, people will go with it. Like, because it was distracting. Like, it was so obvious yeah. that he was doing it poorly. Mm-hmm. That, it was know. like Kevin Costner in uh, uh, the Robin Hood movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where that accent came and went, and uh-huh. people were just like, fuck it. It's Kevin Costner. Uh-huh. Yeah, people we'll, will just, come. we'll let it People slide. will come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they got divorced, obviously, in 2001. Um, and they said it was because their busy careers were constantly uh, keeping them apart, and they claimed it to be amicable. Um, I think everyone kind of agrees that it's because Nicole Kidman wouldn't join the Church of mm-hmm. Scientology, mm-hmm. which is weird that she got 10 years into that and she was still saying, no, no, thank you. And they hadn't stopped something, you know, they hadn't done something about it sooner. Um, and I, I, frankly, I didn't know you couldn't choose to not join the Church of Scientology. I thought it was more like a kidnap sitch, like yeah. they got you in the building. <laughs> well, it felt like it was with I Katie Holmes. Like, I feel like there was, at least in like the going clear and stuff when they talked about Tom Cruise that he took a hard turn into it in the last couple of years of their marriage, which is what really made mm. the division. Was like because they were like blowing him up. They yes. were like, you and then he became like the poster child yeah. and like really bought in. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a thing he kind of did, and uh-huh. then he was like all in. And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. Yeah. Again, that's culty. Like the Ugh. Care Bears, it's yeah. very culty. Um, allegedly, the Church of Scientology tapped Nicole Kidman's phone near the end of their marriage. When doesn't like, surprise me, like yeah, you I'm just sure said, they did. Uh, because they thought she was kind of pulling him away from the church, Ooh. which so, she very well could have been. She could have yeah. been like, "Let's get the she, fuck out of here." Yeah, she seems like a reasonable person that would yeah. be like, "This, this is not, this is not healthy. This is not the move, Tommy." Mm-hmm. So yeah, since they, since they uh, um, divorced, Tom Cruise has gone on to marry and divorce Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Nicole Kidman married Keith Urban in 2006, and they're still married today. Still married. Yeah. Yep. And then those poor adopted kids have just disappeared from the face of the earth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they adopted, like, Tom and Nicole adopted yeah, two but kids. He, they Isab- did Isabella a... and Connor, or Isabella and Connor? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of speculation. Like, more came out about the kids when Katie Holmes was divorcing him, because there's a lot of speculation that Nicole Kidman, behind the scenes, helped Katie Holmes. And was oh. like, this is, you need to get your daughter out or you're going to lose your kid. Because they'll, the Scientology, they'll come in and they'll basically make it so that they won't speak to you. Which oh, is I what like happened. that story. I hope that's true. What happened yeah. with her adopted kids is that they just don't speak to her because they're in Scientology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like um, Nicole Kidman was the winner of that situation. Uh, she came out, yeah. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. she doesn't get to talk to her kids, but she came out alive. Her career, you know, yeah. blew up. And he looks like a fucking nutbag. Yeah. And, and went on to do the Oprah couch moment. Yep, still, forever yeah. and always. Yeah. Um, I do have a, a kind of uh, two degrees of separation story about Tom Cruise. Oh, and Ooh, yes. <laughs> I used to work at an ad agency I used to work at. Um, we worked on a, a, a account that did replacement windows and doors uh for for homes you know and uh we had to go to their headquarters and we had to go to window school is what they called it and we had to spend a couple of days just learning like intensely about their product because then we could market God, it that better, sounds you know? so fun yes, yes. that sounds ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the stories one of the the guys that was leading it had worked at the branch that's in uh in colorado in near aspen 
And he told us a story about how he went to an appointment at a house in Aspen to uh, you know, do some measurements and talk to them about replacing some windows. And when he got there, uh, Nicole Kidman answered the door. He was at Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's house. Whoa. And, and you know, I mean, I'm 50-50 on whether or not this really happened. It seems like <laughs> Nicole Kidman probably wouldn't answer her own door yeah. to get replacement windows. Yeah. Uh, that's for that. It seems like they probably have somebody like a, a building manager there. Yeah. Manager that would do that. But he said he walked her, like, she walked him around and, like, uh, he would measure things and, you know, they, she was asking questions that she was engaged and she was kind and friendly. But she, he said the whole time Tom Cruise was, like, 20 feet away, like, kind of listening. Like, he wanted to know what was going, like, almost eavesdropping. But that he was real uh, re- reclusive and didn't really engage and he was kind of rude. <laughs> This all sounds right. It, but, but Yeah. Yeah, but then he just, he wanted to know what was going on, but he did not want to be engaged, you know? That's I don't know the if the story. story's right, but it feels right. Yeah. yeah. There's a great, if you haven't read, it's a pretty good book, I recommend, Seth Rogen's yearbook. Like mm. the one he wrote, humorous essays just about things that have happened in his life. And mm-hmm. he has a story about meeting Tom Cruise, like going to Tom Cruise's house for the first time for a meeting on a movie, and it's pretty great. <laughs> just, that kind of, I uh-huh. mean, very similar. Yeah. Like, a reclusive, weird, like you invited me here, but you're being really awful. Yes. <laughs> like... Yeah, I uh, used to work with a guy who, um, his brother is um, Joseph Kaczynski, who directed Tom Cruise in Oblivion and directed Tom Cruise in um, uh, Top Gun Maverick. And he's from Marshalltown. Oh he's my from gosh. Iowa. And he told a story once that uh, um, his brother just had to hang up on Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise was just on. They were on the head of the phone call, and apparently Tom Cruise was just losing his goddamn mind about some some decision with a something on. I think it was on Oblivion, and he just apparently his brother was just like, "Listen, buddy, I'm gonna hang up. You can take some time. You can pull it together. God. And when you're ready to just like have a, a calm conversation child. about this, you know, we we can do it. It's wild. I mean." I mean, Me Too's happened and all that stuff, but, like, yeah. these celebrities just act like fucking lunatics on sets, and there's so many people witnessing it, it doesn't seem like... To it, stop it. Right, is... like, it ever really comes out, or they ever mm-hmm. face any repercussions because of it. And I hate how on uh, talk shows, whenever there's someone that uh, has starred with Tom Cruise somewhere, they'll just gush about Tom Cruise and this cake that he makes all of his co-stars and what a wonderful friend he is and how lovely. And it feels almost like it's go, they go at it right. so hard. It feels always like damage control. I didn't realize that it probably is because he's an asshole on set, but it they always pro- like struck me wrong. You know, they probably signed something that they're they just like, have. you know, Tom Cruise will pay $50,000 if you go on He'll Jimmy Kimmel. And- cake that it's probably is. part of signing on to the thing. Is that part of your press tour? You have to talk about how great Tom yeah. Cruise Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is weird. Like, why are we continuing to try to rehab his image? Like, we all get it. We all know what yeah. we're yeah. dealing with at this point. Like, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. Ooh. Oh, what a nice blast from the past. Yeah. That is a nice blast from the past. <laughs> well, my final item is a movie that uh, I, I didn't talk about in our 1987 episode, but should have. It kind of feels like it was the uh, the start of a certain kind of comedy that I like, mm. as well as maybe a definition of love that I like. Oh, is this where old people fall down? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm falling and I can't get up. Nope, not that. Um, it's Princess Bride. Oh, oh. yeah. Because, <laughs> because it's got everything. It's got pirates. Mm-hmm. It's got a rhyming wrestler. It's got a guy that keeps saying inconceivable wrong. 
It's got Fred Savage and Columbo. It's got a six-fingered man. It's got rodents of unusual size. It's got a pit of fucking despair. Mm. That's what you should have led with. (laughs) (laughs) And anchoring it all is the love story between a a farmhand and a young woman named Buttercup, which always still makes me laugh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, There's plot-wise, it's real thin. All right, it's that (laughs) (laughs) it's that Wesley is a farmhand. Buttercup is like the daughter of the house. Whatever they fall in love, it's instant. It's true love. It's da da all the things. Um, But then he goes away to try to make money for them, and he is killed by the dread pirate Roberts. Fast forward a few years later, she's caught the eye of the prince. He, uh, you know, they are engaged. They're going to be married. And then uh, uh, she gets kidnapped by um, uh, the guy that says Inconceivable Wrong, (laughs) as well as Andre the Giant and Inigo Montoya. And then she's rescued by what seems to be the Dread Pirate Roberts. But it's Wesley in disguise. And then they're back in love. But then she has to find a way to get out of this marriage. He's kidnapped again, sent into the pit of despair. He's just a punching bag for much of the movie. There's hijinks galore. (laughs) And all of this is framed around a young man in our time who is sick in bed and his grandpa comes over to read him a book. And so it's got Columbo basically like... Peter Falk, obviously, um, narrating the whole thing. And Fred Savage at first saying, it's a book about kissing. Gross. (laughs) And then by the end, he's really into it, of course. I forgot that detail. How did I forget that that detail? How dare you? Yeah. And I knew from the moment I saw the TV trailer that this was going to be my movie. Because Mm -hmm. in the TV trailer, I don't know if you guys saw it or remember, there's like a, a image of Count Rugen and Inigo Montoya. They're facing off in a hallway, and it's like, all right, here we go. And then Count Rugen turns around and runs the opposite direction. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want this. Like, I, I think this, this, this is going to be for me. And so when you combine just weirdo humor mm-hmm. with crazy characters, yeah. playing it straight, and a very sweet romance, this is my kind of love. This is what I recommend for Valentine's Day. Uh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's this a great is, movie yeah. recommendation yes. for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's, really. And also Mandy Patinkin Get playing an Eagle Montoya. Yeah. We've got Robin Wright. This was her first major role. Yeah. got Carrie Ewells. We've got all sorts of people. Christopher Guest. Yeah. He's the six-fingered man. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Carol uh, Kane. Wallace Shawn. Carol Kane. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just packed full. It's that's a delight. It's a delight. And it's so weird. And I love it. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I forgot all about that. I could quote a lot of lines to you right now. <laughs> We're not going to do it. Oh, all right. Well, if it was Heath, he would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Mowage. Mowage is what brings us together today. It's my that new favorite thing. Arrangement. Yeah. To take you guys saying something and then the actual clip and moving them together <laughs> in a pose. My most favorite as of late was the gem and the hologram yeah. of him singing the train song. Like and then me listening to the train song and being like, that is almost dead. <laughs> and then I had to make it into, if you missed it on social media, you need to go back. Because I made it a post where it just sort of fades into the actual train song from his rendition. By the way, I forgot to say that after that episode aired... Michael, your husband, texted me, who you said this was his favorite song. And uh-huh. he's like, this was the best episode yet. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he said, hashtag taking a train. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. What's our final one, Erin? Okay. Well, I'm calling this one. It happened in February of 1988. Mm. 
And I think it's something that's endured. I think that um, we're well aware of the term catfish. Mm. And I think this sort of relates around the holiday of love Mm -hmm. that you need to be careful about who you get in a relationship with. So I'm calling this one for the love of crime. And if this person, if you were going to get a Valentine for them, it would be a one-way ticket to a country with no extradition treaty. <laughs> because That's a good gift for everybody. What are yeah, you talking about? Yeah. This is the year, the month, the time that America's Most Wanted premiered on oh, Fox, February boy. 1988, which the host, John Walsh, um, it had reenactments with actors that were interspersed with on-air interviews about the crime. And then obviously a number you could call. They are... As of late, or as of time of this recording, more than 1,000 fugitives have been caught thanks to that show. Damn. It's gone through a lot of iterations. Like, it's been on different um, networks, different hosts, but it's John Walsh and his son are back doing it now. Again, his son Connor. Oh, the the one that didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But this stuck out to me because I remember this show, and I remember... I was terrified of this show, which is weird to think that now I love true crime as much as I do. But I remember this because the way that my brain works is that I see that fugitive everywhere after I would watch the show. (laughs) So I would see that person and then we would be, say, at the grocery store and I'd be like, holy shit, that's the guy. And I would be silently freaking out in my, you know, six, seven year old body being like, somebody's going to call the I can't be the one to do it. They're going to take me seriously. They're not going to believe oh me. God. And I'd be like well, hoping that someone else, wherever I was, saw it. So I realized at an early age, I need to limit my intake of huh. America's Most Wanted. So if there was a poem for America's Most Wanted, it would be, roses are red, violets are blue. This is a collect call from prison for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, you have a talent for this. Yeah, killing it. Yeah. Killing also, it. Jewel. <laughs> Also, you know how um, either last episode or the one before, you said it would be uh, right to see me, little me, as a cartoon character. I feel like that scene right there with you in the shopping center. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's a cartoon right there. And, like, I remember being, like, sweaty and being mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if I can bring this to my parents. They're going to think I'm insane. Like, just the spot on. pure responsibility that I was carrying around that yep. somehow I'm the only one that saw this America's Most Wanted fugitive. And it would happen again and again. The next week I'd hear a news story and I'd be like, they all live in Iowa. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it is not safe here. <laughs> just clutching my cheer bear hoping that oh. I didn't get... <laughs> Kidnapped across state lines. If you had a grumpy bear, they'd be like, we don't want that kid. See, that was just a protection your grandma was giving you. Mm -hmm. Uh And you with a grumpy kid, you know, with the grumpy bear, you don't Mm -hmm. see the criminals everywhere. Mm, No. You see true vision. Whereas Cheer Bear was like, oh. Oh, Care Bear, stare. And I'm like, you can't help me, Cheer Bear. Your eyes aren't real. Yeah. Care Bear, stare isn't going to stop this guy. Also, can you imagine the number of kids, sorry, this is jumping back a topic, but that tried to do like Care Bear Sarah on the playground and oh, just boy, got mercilessly yeah. beat up for it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, also, a... it should be pointed out, staring's rude. It is! <laughs> yeah! It's very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. Also, you know how that, okay, there's so many romantic tropes around just romance, but also uh-huh. about Valentine's Day, and the idea that... When you're in love with someone, like, staring into each other's eyes deeply is a sign of love. That is fucking gross. That is... (laughs) 
massive. Hot tape. <laughs> <laughs> so my advice to you is if you're facing down on Valentine's Day, don't do the staring thing. That's gross. If you're doing that, I feel like you're either looking to see whether or not you think I have been up to something. Exactly. Or you're, we don't have anything to say. And or just... I have something like a growth in my eye yeah. and you're, you've discovered it and you're afraid to tell me. Well, here's hoping you have a Valentine's Day that's um, fine, yeah. neutral. I mean, yeah. you got a new episode of the show. So you that's sure did. That's all, you that's all you need. Yeah. That is all you need. Now, if you just want to send us a check for cash, yep. then we have done our job. <laughs> Again, two cash. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Two cash. Two cash. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, we'll see you next time. Fuzzy Memories is a Broads and Books production. It's hosted by Heath Smith, Aaron Johnston, and Amy Lee Lillard. The show is produced by Amy Lee Lillard. Follow us at Fuzzy Memories Pod on Instagram for clips and highlights. And follow us at Broads and Books Productions for updates on new shows coming your way. See you next time. that this is okay we're gonna make it okay Okay. i think Mm -hmm. all of us have are bringing different things to the table okay so it's a hodgepodge we don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on that's Uh the fun of it yeah okay this is how people are going to celebrate valentine's day they're gonna listen to us and then make love (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what we want for some reason i I didn't like that i did did not like that i don't know why i just was like get okay with it don't yeah like us as an aphrodisiac seems (laughs) look everybody has different stuff you know that's true if if it's the sound of our voices is doing it for you yes embrace the time keep going we should invite people (laughs) to tell us their stories um, <laughs> they're making love while they're listening to us. On. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. We'll turn into shock jocks. <laughs> and then we'll have sound effects. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you went actual sex and I went like cartoon. Boing. Boing. Swing. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's better. I like that. I like that better. <laughs>